Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's once again time for the Vince of the Bay podcast. I'm Vince, and this episode, my guest is Savan Rauscher. Savan is the co-founder and CEO of Sam Seamless Network. This interview was recorded in San Francisco during the week of the 2019 RSA Security Conference, and we sat down to talk about Savan's experience in the Israeli Intelligence Corps and her work, of course, at Sam Seamless Network. We also talked about securing home networks and IoT devices. We talked about artificial intelligence, the future of cybersecurity, and other stuff. Enjoy. Hey, it's Vince in the Bay here in San Francisco for RSA 2019, and I'm joined now by Sivan Rauscher. Sivan is the co-founder and CEO of Sam Seamless Network. Hi, Sivan. Hey. Is it Sam Seamless Network or SAM Seamless Network? It's Sam. Sam. Yeah. Okay. Sam stands for security and management because when you're providing someone with security you also have to provide management level to that. How's San Francisco treating you so far? Oh, pretty, pretty good. I'm here every three weeks, so. Uh, oh, so you're you're here regardless. I'm here regardless. Yes, the RSA is obviously uh, a good reason to meet a lot of uh, partners and uh, and customers, but uh, I'm here anyway every three weeks. So I love San Francisco. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into cybersecurity. Sure. So our company, um, based in Israel, I'm originally from Tel Aviv, Israel. And I'm not sure uh, everybody knows, but in Israel, the army service is mandatory for girls and boys. And when uh, at the age of 18, I uh, was recruited to the army, to the intelligence u- unit uh, in the largest intelligence unit in Israel, called what, A200. A200. So how does it work? They come to you and they say, we want you to be intelligence, or do they come to you and say, you have to do something, you have to, you have to do some service, what do you want it to, to be? How does that work? That's a good question. So... Um, the intelligence unit and generally the army has a, a really good uh, recruiting system that they already find you when you're in your uh, 11th grade. So if you have uh, good scores in your, um, you know, your final exams and you're uh, specifically on computer science and math, then they're probably going to notice you if you have uh, extremely good grades. And just like uh, when you're applying to university, just like that, you're applying to uh, the service in the army in Israel. And that's how I had the first uh, encounter with cybersecurity through uh, the service in the army. I spent there for seven years. I was a captain. Uh, And uh, my last role was the chief of staff of the cyber R&D in A200, the, the unit. Cyber R and D. Yeah, R and D. So, what 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 is what would that entail? Research and development of, of, of products. Of products, exactly. So during uh, the uh, army service, I think a lot of uh, young people like me had experienced different kind of challenges that um, you know the the Israeli is from home, homeland security perspective are, are facing. So with those challenges coming, a lot of um, uh, developing of different kind of products that you need to defend your country. 
a lot of them are in the aspect of uh, uh, cybersecurity, really know, uh, know the enemy, know the other side, how the attacker thinks. So this is, this is part of uh, what we're doing best in a way. After you, f- you finished up with uh, Unit 8200, what happened next? So I always knew that I want to have my own company. And I worked for a couple of startups uh, in Israel, all in cybersecurity. Um, and then moved to London for two years as, uh, to uh, a cybersecurity consultant firm. And did a lot of big projects with big, uh, with big enterprise uh, companies. And, um, and afterwards, um, you know, we come up, me and my co-founders, uh, we come up with uh, the gap that we see in the market of IoT and how we can help consumer because we see inflation in cybersecurity and the enterprise space. But, you know, in the consumer, it was a little bit lagging behind. And we were trying to see what we can do to help that space. And since me and my, my co-founders are the basically the family CTO and every, every you know, Friday night dinner, you're doing something for your mom. Can you fix the printer? The Alexa is not talking right. How can you do that or do that? So we, we understood you have to have something that is uh, um, you know, fundamental to the home space because in average American home, there's about 16, one, six devices connected to the home network. Specifically in the Bay Area, there's about 22. So it's quite a lot. Imagine you have your own SMB in your home. It's quite impressive, right? Uh, and that's the essentially how do we protect so many devices? Statistically, even if you're not the White House, you're still a house with a lot of connected devices into the home. So basically we said, you know, uh, the attack surface increases when you have so many endpoints connected to the home network. And even if you're the family CTO and you know what you're talking about, to catch up and update all those devices, it's insane. It's insane to do it. And that's, that's the essentially what we thought of, of, of doing. And that's what I've been doing for three years now. So these uh, Internet of Things devices, um, what are typical devices that, that are being hacked and present the most risk? Well, it's different from, different from region to region. Because of variety of devices, because of variety of IoT devices, it's different from the U.S. to Europe and from the U.S. to China, for instance. So um, with China, it's very centralized, um, I would say, government and, and culture. So a lot of the devices are the same day, though it's China. Uh, uh, you have the same products in, in every home, where in the U.S., the variety is is, 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 you know, is endless, right? You have so many devices at home. And uh, so you see different kind of attacks from different kind of uh, devices. But the most common thing that you see in the Western world are set boxes are being really hacked. What, what boxes? Set boxes. What's so, that? So anything you have from your um, uh, cable provider, um, so that's a set a box. A set a box is a, a is a, for instance uh, the PlayStation that you probably have at home or Xbox. How did you know I had a PlayStation? I did my research. You Israeli <laughs> intelligence people are good. Wow. <laughs> and so 
we see a lot of breaches in, in that space, but we also see in, in a lot of home, home routers, right? The home router is, is the common denominator. We usually see a lot of uh, uh, attacks coming from them because it makes sense, right? They're the gateway to the internet. And that's why we see a lot of attacks coming from that uh, point of the focal point. And how often do these attacks happen? I, you know, I don't really see a lot of stories in the news about, oh, Sally Ann Johnson in Springfield, Massachusetts had her smart toaster hacked by her neighbor. Like you don't hear about the, the, the home attacks as much. How frequently do they happen? How common is it? The first thing is, yeah, you, you don't hear about toaster. And actually, we don't care about the toaster. Yeah. We care about you, the user, right? Right. So the toaster just uh, aims for, for a need, right? You're hacking to the toaster or you're hacking to the router to get into your social security number or to get into uh, uh, your uh, Gmail account or to your photos. So th- those are the things that we care about, uh, uh, how to protect your data, how we provide you a better and comprehensive security to the end user. We're doing it by uh, protecting all the endpoints that talks to the internet. So for us, I don't care uh, if if you have the best security on your computer, you have the best antivirus solution on your computer with, uh, you know, uh, 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 with a VPN and whatever encryption you put on it, the moment your network, your home Wi-Fi is being compromised, it's game over. That's that's the basically why we're looking in this space, and that's why we're putting our software on top on top of your existing home gateway. So you're in the Bay Area, you probably have Xfinity at home. So on your Xfinity, we're injecting our code, providing you security and all the connected devices you have. Because tomorrow you're gonna buy another one. You're gonna buy another Sonos or another, I don't know, another uh, uh, Xbox. So whatever it is, we're providing you from the network. The relevant protection. That's that's the idea. So I really don't care about your toaster. I really care about your privacy, your data, your social security number. That's those are the things that I'm I'm looking after. Um, and just to just to FYI, there's about six to seven attacks a day per uh, household in the U.S. Uh, uh, different kind of attacks: phishing, uh, identity theft, and uh, hacking into DDoS attacks, different kind of things. So those are the things that we care that you experience. So that's the average number that we see nowadays. But it's just going to increase and, and increase with, you know, with the emerging numbers of, of IoT devices. Okay, in the cybersecurity space, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges uh, facing? Well, in your case, um, moving forward, what are some of the biggest challenges to your business and your business model in protecting um, home networks and uh, Internet of Things devices? I think it's the fact that it's a no man's land uh, in a way, because who's responsible for my privacy, my data? My data is now fragmented in so many devices that I'm using, so many you know, websites, and is it me that needs to be responsible? Is the ones that provide me with the connectivity? Is it Comcast? Is it AT&T? Who, who's going to be re- responsible? Is, is that the device manufacturer? And there's no right answer because it's everyone's responsibility. 
have to have the device manufacturer investing in security, which has cost them a lot when they are commoditized because because of a lot of things. And same goes for the service providers. They also need to take care of me and providing me with a you know secure connectivity. And then there's me. I bought those devices if they're a Chinese manufacturer, and I got them for half the price because you know it was like Friday or something. So. I still got something that contains my data, but it's also very um, uh, malicious in a way that it's it's not safe to 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 store the data there. So it's it's uh, it, it's it's something that only time probably will answer what's gonna how how we're dealing with the pri- privacy. I see that already happening in Europe where they're pushing hard on the GDPR um, but it just restricts the enterprise and looking at the consumer space I don't see any resolution on 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 that uh, for for the consumer how do we protect ourselves how do we do the next move how do we buy the next device that it's gonna be secure and we can store our data and that's that's a big big question for all of us that love the technology and love you know devices at home and making our life easy as they supposed to and so I would you mentioned GDPR uh, I imagine your your business has a lot of uh, business in in Europe as well right so um, and it's been about a year since GDPR has been in place Launched. right yeah um, have these regulations had any particular impact on your business model? No, it's actually good for business. I was going to say, yeah. It's good for business because, you know, whatever it is, it looks more than it used to be for the consumer space and how we're uh, uh, preventing from data to, to leak into other um, you know in you know spaces that they shouldn't so that's basically what what the GDPR is all about about privacy and how we're uh, providing visibility to the consumer to understand where the data is stored in all times so that's uh, that's what they're doing but I guess in Europe maybe there are more um, uh, conservative than the US culture I guess okay what do you predict the security and privacy ecosystem will look like in five years and how will it be different than it is today? It's a great question. Um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but um, the way I see it, and you already see the, the state of California is trying to set some guidelines on IoT and different kind of security a- act and uh, uh, understand it's a real problem. So I feel it would be more regulated. I feel like the operators out there, the service provider, will provide um, security through the whole pipeline of Wi-Fi and uh, connectivity in general. So I think they're already going there. It's, it's taking the next step of talking about that problem, but how we're addressing it. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of approaches. There's a lot of solution that I see in the Bay Area, and it's it's gonna take uh, 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 action from the regulation side. I think that's what we're gonna see in the next five years. What is one of the things you love most about the cybersecurity industry? 
when you're trained in the intelligence unit for so long, I think what what is nice is that you have, um, you always think of, you have the attacker perspective. And being for so long in the army, you already trained to think that way. And you always look at something from, from that perspective, how it can be hacked, what are the flaws, what are, what we can do better. And our, uh, I think what are our job, and it's really, it's not, we, we will always be lagging behind the attacker where we are surrendering to that uh, notion because uh, that's, that's the way it's going to go. Like they're going to find a new breach and we need to see how we're fixing it and fast. But I think would be interesting to do, and that's what I encourage my team to always do, is to, to think of how we're sending him, the attacker, for a longer time to think about the next challenge that he's going to uh, uh, tackle. Because we are building technology that we know that, you know, and every, every product out there in the world would say the same, that is hackable. If someone will invest the right amount of time and, and you know, explore and investigate, and we'll find an exploit on that uh, uh, code. And so we need just to send, when he finds it, and he will, he needs to go back and do his homework better for next time. And that's our job. We need to send him for a long, long, you know, uh, 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 session because uh, uh, that's where we are uh, tested, not on the first one, on the second one, where he uh, reveals himself for after a long time. So that's, I think, what is, is a challenge always for us, to always try to, to understand the attacker perspective, but also understand that he will come, and when he will come, you need to create a bigger challenge for the next time, and that's what we're all about. Like We're trying to push the edge of building a technology that is, is complicated. So the next time he will try uh, uh, to breach to any of our consumers, to any of our uh, users, it, it will be difficult. It's not going to repeat itself. That's, that's, the, that's our you know, philosophy. And I really love it, uh, you know, because it excites you, right? You need to, to always uh, be better. And, and I think that's what I'm pushing my team to, to do. Yeah, it sounds like a... That's the one thing is this industry seems like it's a con there's constantly challenges. You, you know, you're, you're never done. You're always challenged with something new, right? Yeah. Um, when do you think the robots are going to take over? Not as soon as people think. It's going to take like a couple of decades at least. I'm already seeing videos of robot dogs that can open doors. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw um, that. It's cool. And we've got artificial intelligence. Like, you know, we can make Terminator now. I'm pretty we, sure. The AI that is out there is not that intelligence, for my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, to overcome the human brain. So we got to do a cyborg thing like RoboCop. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Yeah. But it, take, it will take time. That's my prediction for five years. Five years from now, cyborgs. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch with you again on yeah that. we'll so meet in five years we'll, we'll meet in five years we'll meet we'll, we'll meet in five years and you'll be you'll be um explaining to me how your latest cyborg uh works and how it can defend uh, a home network i'd like that but then cyborgs would have vulnerabilities <laughs> and could be hacked <laughs> i would love to see that i'd love to see that i think in five years 
there's not going to be a big change in 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 cyber security as long as we have uh, so cyber is always uh, um, after technology so when you have new technology like now you have all those uh, uh, Teslas and other cars are driving this is would be interesting right to see those uh, a car being hacked uh, uh, for for different reasons Na- national security or that's that's I think would happen in a couple of years now that we see in all those car lines putting Wi-Fi chips that already been built in so this is I think will happen in five years but you know cyber wars and and you know the robots taking robots taking over you know human that will take at least uh, 50 years <laughs> not in five years okay I think I've I came up with something I want okay. you to say in it is in, in, in Hebrew he, in Hebrew yeah. yeah okay uh I mentioned uh, RoboCop. Have you seen RoboCop? Sure. Okay. Uh, his famous saying is, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Say, uh, say that in Hebrew. Metochai atabaiti. Was that good? That's perfect. Okay. Um, Sivan, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no. That, thank you for having me. It's uh, been uh, a great week here in San Francisco and uh, hope to see you next next year, but for sure in five. Yes. Yeah. If I don't see you next year, I'll see you in five. And uh, hopefully the cyborgs won't have taken over by then. <laughs> yes. Cool. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Savan. Okie dokily. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Vince in the Bay podcast. You can find more information about this podcast and prior episodes at vincentthebay.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and at least a half a billion other platforms that you can use to subscribe to podcasts. And of course, hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com slash Vince in the Bay. Until next time, ciao.